Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. Support for The Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at floridasenergy.com. And the fact that, you know, most people today don't know what Yopon is, is really a symptom of, you know, what we refer to as erasure of indigenous culture. I'm Delia Colon, and this is The Zest, citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. There's a beverage that's been around for thousands of years. It's native to Florida, and my guests today make a pretty compelling case for why it deserves a spot on your breakfast table. And no, it's not orange juice. Coming up, we'll meet the siblings behind Yopon Brothers American Tea Company. Brian White is a self-professed plant nerd. Growing up in New Smyrna Beach on Florida's East Coast, he got curious about the grove of yopon holly bushes across the street from his family's home. So about a decade ago, Brian did what any plant nerd would do. He turned to books. He learned that yopon is native to the American Southeast and that indigenous cultures have been brewing it for thousands of years. So Brian got his younger brother Kyle on board and the two got cooking. Today, Brian and Kyle White are the co-founders of Yopon Brothers American Tea Company. Their tea comes in flavors like lavender coconut, citrus spice, and Florida chai. Yopon Brothers is one of a small handful of businesses around America marketing the caffeinated plant to folks who want an energy boost without the jitters that coffee sometimes brings. Brian and Kyle have also worked at the University of Florida's Institute of Food and Agricultural Science to develop Yopon as a supplemental crop for farmers struggling with citrus greening. The brothers and their small staff operate out of Edgewater, just a few miles from where they grew up, and thousands of miles from Asia and Africa, where the majority of the world's tea comes from. Brian and Kyle chatted with me about the benefits of drinking Yopon, what it tastes like, and how their company gives back to Yopon's Native American roots. When Brian's speaking, you may hear some wind in the background. That's because he was calling in from a field in Clarksdale, Mississippi, where he's working on a Yopon-related project. More about that later. So I'm Brian White, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Yopon Brothers American Tea. Uh, So I'm a big-time plant nerd. And one of my primary interests and goals is looking at indigenous plant species. So plants that grow naturally native to our area uh, in the the context of this conversation, that probably means Florida, uh, where we're based and and we're all Florida natives. Um, And I want to look at commercializing those native plant species and building a more sustainable um, product line you know a supply chain from native plants there's there's a lot of reasons for that that we can get into but that's uh that's my nerdy intro love it okay kyle what about you yeah so i'm kyle white i'm brian's brother um and i am the sales director and co-founder of yopan brothers teeth how do you pronounce the name of the company and what are some what are some mispronunciations that you've heard okay i'll go this is brian 
so the, we pronounce it Yopon. Yopon is uh, derived from a Catawba word, which means small leaf or little tree. So it's from um, an indigenous language. And the Catawba people were in like the Carolina area mainly. But people say Yupon, people say Yapon. Uh, the list goes on and on, but the correct pronunciation is Yopon. Thank you for clarifying that. So it sounds like, Brian, you got into this first, and then Kyle, maybe you came on board later. So Brian, how did you get into this? Because it's a very specific hobby to be into. Yeah, well, I mean, I've always been interested in plants, especially native plants, and um how this really happened was there was a huge yopon stand, you know, a, a big grove basically that was growing across the street from the house that we grew up in. And uh, this is in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. And I just really thought this was a cool tree. I didn't even know what it was at the time. I just noticed that it always looked healthy. It had um, beautiful red berries in the wintertime. It had nice little white flowers in the springtime. It had leaves all year long. This was a really cool tree. So I, um, I did what I normally did when I found a plant that I thought was interesting. And I did some research on it. I figured out that it was Yopon. And I stumbled across this book that is called The Black Drink. And it's by, it was written by an anthropology professor at the University of Georgia. His name is Charles Hudson. He's now deceased. But uh, this book is just this really academic, you know, sort of a dry read. And it went into really great detail about how indigenous people used Yopon and really hit on the point that it's the only caffeinated plant species that occurs naturally in, in the United States. And I just thought, well, how crazy that no one is doing anything with this plant. You know, you would think that people would be selling it or consuming it. And you couldn't, at this time, this is almost 10 years ago, you couldn't buy it anywhere. Uh, there was no commercial supply chain. And uh, I just said, well, either it tastes like crap and nobody would, will drink it or it's just a great opportunity. So uh, I made some products from it. Um, we forced them on our friends and relatives and Kyle was around back then too. So he helped me kind of spread the word and everybody liked it. And we just kind of started making more tea and finding ways to increase the supply chain and, you know, fast forward to today and we do over 10,000 pounds of Yopon leaves a year. So sort of the rest is history. Wow. Kyle, what does it taste like? How do you describe the taste? You know, I really love the taste. The really cool thing, it's like a smoother version of like a traditional green tea. So it doesn't have that traditional like astringency that you might get. So it has a really smooth kind of grassy floral flavor. And that's kind of the big selling point. You know, it's, it's this great plant that grows here in Florida, contains caffeine. And it, in our opinion, not to, you know, toot our own horn, but it tastes better than tea in my opinion. So it has this really cool very like clean flavor. Like, that's how I can, the best way I can describe it. It's like a, it's like a clean flavor with like real grassy floral undertones. How do you take it? Do you put any cream, sugar, honey, lemon, anything iced or hot? So what I do is like every, every night I may have like one of those tea kettles and I put like five or six tea bags and like a liter and put it in the fridge overnight and I drink it like all day. So I, I'm a big iced tea guy. I like it straight up, you know, especially like our lavender coconut flavor. You, it tastes great. It's on its own. And Yopon has a little bit of natural sweetness to it. So you can add cream and sugar and all that, but the flavor of Yopon is pretty light. So I like to do it just straight up. Brian, what about you? How do you take your tea? Well, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I'm sort of a purist. Um, we do make a lot of really awesome flavored uh, blends of Yopon here at Yopon Brothers, but 
I think one of the coolest things about Yopon is that you really don't need to do anything to it uh, unless you really want to, but it just sort of lends itself to naturally being drunk straight up. And the big reason for that is that Yopon has very, very little tannin, especially compared to regular tea, which is uh, the tea plant is Camellia sidensis has a lot of tannin, which makes it a little bitter uh, sort of creates a dry sensation in your mouth. Yopon won't do that. And uh, for that reason, it really is just quite delicious on its own. Uh, Or you can sweeten it up if you like to. Uh, But most of our customers just like it the way it is. I'm a tea drinker. I'm not really a huge coffee drinker. But is it difficult to sell people on tea, especially a caffeinated tea? Do you see coffee as your competition? You want to get that one, Kyle? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'll say it. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we we try to take Yopon and, you know, kind of sell it in addition to to coffee you know they they technically i guess can be competitors but i think that you do have just like a, a really like you said you don't really like coffee you're a tea person there tends to be a lot of people that are kind of stuck in their trenches you know they like tea like they like coffee so um i don't really look at coffee as like a huge competitor and some of our best customers are you know coffee shops and they you know they they sell our product just as hard as they sell coffee so I think it's just something different. You know, everyone loves caffeine and uh, it just depends on how you get it. You know, so I think that Yopan, you know, really likes to go at the, the tea drinkers and it does really well with them. I want to chime in on that a little if I can. Yeah, so I, we don't really look at it as competing with coffee or tea. It's just providing consumers with another option. You know, if they want to be a multi uh, disciplinary caffeine consumer like we are. I mean, Kyle and I drink coffee still. We drink lots of other stuff, including tea. Uh, but Yopan just provides people with just a, an option that's grown here in, in America. You know, we import a, a quarter million tons of tea from Asia and East Africa every single year. And Yopan is just a homegrown option. So if people want to try something a little different, uh, want to look at something grown, you know, here on the home front, then it just is another option for the consumer. How caffeinated is it? And is it possible to decaffeinate it? This is Brian again. I would say it's generally between 0.7 and 1% caffeine by weight, which is a little less than coffee. Um, It's not as caffeinated as coffee. It's on the same par as most of the regular teas that you would drink. Uh, But one thing I always tell people is that it's not all the same. You know, uh, caffeine is a, what we call a metabolite in plants. The plant p- produces it for a reason. And I think in Yopon's case, I don't know if anybody knows this for sure, but it seems to be a defense mechanism to ward off insect predation. So most insects don't like caffeine too much. But it also has other stimulants like theobromine and theophylline. Coffee and tea have those too, but they have different levels. So different plants have different ratios of caffeine to theobromine, et cetera. And they affect your body in different ways. So, I, you know, it's, everybody's different. But what most of our customers say is that Yopon does not give them a jittery sort of coffee-like buzz. It's more of a gentle, mellow boost, energy boost with no crash. I think Kyle and I have such crazy caffeine tolerance yeah. that uh, it probably affects us differently than it would affect normal people. But that's what we hear the most. I have a story about that. So actually, I, I just gave up coffee about a month and a half ago. And I've been doing Yopon pretty much religiously every day. You know, and I was drinking probably three cold brews a day at a greatest amount of caffeine. And um, since I've switched over to, you know, just doing the Yopon, I feel just as energized. and I But I feel better. I'm not, I don't feel as like, quote unquote, crazy. So I, I noticed a huge difference in like my productivity and, you know, kind of how I'm acting when I switched from the, you know, the insane amount of cold brew I was drinking to, 
an equally insane amount of Yopan. <laughs> I might have to give that a try. I actually like the taste of coffee, but I don't like that jittery feeling. And so I very rarely drink it. I love the taste of coffee. That was the problem. I didn't drink it because I needed to feel like energized. I just love the taste of it. I still do. So I just treat myself more. I'm, I'm more selective on where I get my cold brews from now. It's less of a habit, more of a, uh, more of a treat. That's a good way of looking at it. So Brian, tell me more about what makes this plant special and about its history with the Native Americans and the Spanish. I mean, how far back does this go? Well, it's such a fascinating story, and I can really nerd out about it for like a long, long, long time. Uh, but I think what I would like to say about that is its history in the Southeast, what is now the United States, is just really, really awesome. It has uh, an 8,000-year history of human consumption in North America. So it's twice as old as tea in China. It's been consumed by people twice as long. So it's extremely ancient. You know, we didn't discover this thing. It's, it's been around for many thousands of years, and it was a central part of uh, the culture for most indigenous people in the Southeast U.S., especially in Florida. So it was more than a tea to them. It was a food, it was a medicine, and it was a ceremonial, like a spiritual and physical purifier. Uh, so it really was very, very important part of indigenous life for a really, really long time. And the fact that, you know, most people today don't know what Yopon is, is really a symptom of, you know, what we refer to as erasure of indigenous culture. The original indigenous people of Florida are extinct. And in many other parts of the Southeast where Yopon was consumed, uh, they've been removed. So not just physically, but also culturally. And Yopon is a big part of that. It's a, it's a symptom of a much larger problem and the fact that you know Native Americans in today's United States have faced serious injustice and the fact that Yopon has been largely forgotten about after being a huge part of culture and life for so many thousands of years really is just a testament to that. Kyle, I understand that a portion of the proceeds benefit the Indigenous Food Lab founded by Sean Sherman, a.k.a. the Sioux Chef, S-I-O-U-X. Sue chef. And we actually had him on an earlier episode of The Zest. What kind of response have you two gotten from the Native American communities being two quote unquote outsiders marketing this product? And I'll let Brian think on this too. Um, but we have had a really positive response so far. A lot of times when you know you have you know tribes out in Oklahoma and the Midwest and we were actually able, they weren't able to get Yopan and, uh, you know, for their ceremonies and their rituals. And we were able to actually supply them with Yopan for the first time in a long time. So we, we felt like we filled a necessary um, a void, in, you know, in their life by making a supply chain for it. And I'll let Brian kind of pick up the rest about kind of, you know, how we've, how we've interacted with Sean Sherman and Natives and uh, some of the other tribes in Florida, especially. Yeah, so um, it's a very... I would say complicated issue. And we refer to it as native or indigenous food rematriation. So it's really the act of restoring indigenous food systems. And there's a lot of reasons why that's a good idea. And not all of them are cultural or political reasons. You know, there are a lot of environmental reasons to restore indigenous food systems, especially here in Florida, where 
you know, we look at sea level rise and climate change and really, really bad systemic agricultural pathologies like HLB, the citrus greening bacteria that has totally decimated Florida's $8 billion citrus industry. So farmers in that field, they need more options, uh, things they can grow that will actually survive, that are resilient and native species just really fit the bill. And on top of that, they don't have to add fertilizers and pesticides and artificial irrigation, things that run off into our waterways and destroy our environment. So it's boosting up agribusiness without damaging the environment. And that's like a really, really good value proposition. And uh, so that's really the environmental reason for restoring indigenous foods. But, you know, when we speak about the connection that Yopan has now and once had with indigenous cultures, we're talking in the state of Florida, 500 years ago, there were hundreds of thousands, if not a million or more indigenous people residing on the Florida peninsula. And they are all gone today. They're all gone. Uh, their culture is gone, largely forgotten. And I think, you know, when we expand Yopan as an industry, it really forces people to confront that issue and learn about, you know, not only the things that happened in the past, but how it's relevant to life today. I think it, that everybody has things to learn from that. So we do definitely support indigenous people having a stake in a growing Yopan industry. You know, this is a food, a medicine, a spiritual item that originated in indigenous culture. And they absolutely need to you know, rise up with not only our company, but with the entire industry as a whole. And uh, we're very active in a nonprofit called the American Yopan Association that's made up of nine member companies that are Yopan producers. And everybody feels the same way. You know, we definitely want to pay uh, respect and homage to indigenous cultures that had such an important role in Yopan consumption. Kyle, can you speak to the packaging in regards to paying homage to Native Americans? The packaging is beautiful. I could see buying the tea, drinking it, and then putting like something special in the package just so I didn't have to recycle it. Everything about the packaging is pretty intentional. Um, you know, we wanted to be a really, you know, a really quality package that stood out. You know, Yopan is an incredible, um, an incredible ingredient, and we really wanted. It, we felt like it should be packaged in a really incredible way. You know, so and I, I love getting like all the stories, all the different ways I hear people using the containers for various things. You know, that they get really creative with it. Um, and the cool thing is too, the container itself is actually biodegradable, so you can actually it'll eventually degrade down, which is also a really great thing. You know, we, you saw that we have the Native Americans on the package as well. And um, that was also something that was intentional. You know, we felt like Yopan had this very storied history that went on for, you know, thousands and thousands of years that it wasn't really our story to tell. We wanted to make sure that its history was prominent um, and prominently shown on the package. And we didn't want to make it seem like it was something that we discovered. You know, it's something that we that we took interest in and wanted to, um, you know, and wanted people to know about, but it was also, we felt like there was a really important story that had to be told with it. It's beautiful. If if I could um, speak, speak to that a little too, I think, I think you're referring to the imagery, you know, that is really our logo and that like Kyle said, that was an intentional move. And what that is, it's derived from an 18th century engraving by a French Huguenot missionary. His name was uh, Jacques Lafitau. And he was in, you know, near present day Jacksonville. And it was, you know, probably a historically inaccurate sort of romanticized European rendering of two Timucua women actually preparing Yopan. And that was his characterization of that, of two Timucua women making Yopan, which Yopan was customarily prepared by women in these social circles. 
So we wanted to put that on our packaging precisely for the reason that I mentioned is for the reason what's happening now is that people ask questions about it and they want to know, hey, why is that your logo? Why is that on your packaging? And then we can go into this whole story about, well, there were hundreds of thousands of indigenous people living in Florida uh, back, you know, 500 years ago, and they're all gone. And it just sort of forces people to either learn, you know, walk away with some newly gained knowledge or confront, you know, uncomfortable realities that really make up a huge part of American history. So hopefully that's not like a downer, but uh, we do want to tell a story with our packaging. We do want people to understand that Yopan has this awesome provenance, you know, this historical background. And, and it's really important that people know that. Kyle, what was the public's initial reaction? Okay, let me back up. What was your reaction when your brother, did he just like show up with a handful of leaves and say, let's brew this and drink it? <laughs> kind of. You know, um, it's probably been about 10 years now since Brian first really took interest in it. At the time, I was still, in 2012, we had started Yopon Aussie Team, which was our first Yopon company, separate from Yopon Brothers. And, um, you know, the first time he came in, he had this Kickstarter video. He really wanted to start this company. And uh, I thought it was really cool. You know, we were both, we worked on the beach. We were lifeguards over in Volusia County and New Smyrna. And, uh, you know, he came in with these, uh, you know, these, these leaves and we, he brewed them up and we loved the way they tasted. And we gave them to some of our friends that worked on the beach. And we were, or he was actually cooking them up in the stove at the lifeguard station and roasting them in a pan. And, uh, everyone loved it. And we kind of fell in backwards, you know, to this business that we're in now. And um, yeah, at one point there was like 17 year old me going around my high school, giving out uh, little dime bags of Yopon tea and getting in trouble because the teachers didn't know what it was. And um, I always loved the idea of it. You know, I always loved coffee and tea and it was really exciting that he had kind of stumbled upon this plant with such an insane storied history. I was skeptical at first, obviously, but then uh, it, it, he really got me in early on. Dime bags of tea. That cracks me up. <laughs> yeah, because if no, one's, if no one was drinking it yet, I mean, if I were your teacher, I would have busted you too. Brian, why do you think it took so long for this to go mainstream? Well, I, I appreciate that. I definitely don't think it's mainstream yet, but we're getting there. I think like anything, people didn't know anything about it. So a lot of what we do is education. I think consumers today crave authenticity and they want to know where their food comes from. And it's just like bonus points if it comes from where they are. And luckily we have, you know, a hundred million people living in Yopan's native range uh, that can learn about surviving off the land where they live. And I think that that's not going anywhere anytime soon, the way things are going. So it, that definitely helps. Very cool. Okay. I have to ask you where you are. <laughs> We're on the zoom and I see you like walking around a field. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Okay, so I know we're like a Florida-based company and everything we do is in Florida, but uh, Kyle's in Florida right now. I'm actually in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Uh, we're working on another project, and, and Mississippi is also in the native range of Yopan. And this is because, you know, we really perceive Yopan as a force for good in the world. When people learn about its benefits and the things it can do for them where they are, uh, they get really into it. So we're working on a project here in Clarksdale that's called the Delta Arts District. And it is going to be a, um, a CPG company. So like a consumer packaged goods company, a collective of artists and, you know, a cultural endeavor that is helping prop up the Mississippi Delta region, which is one of the most economically depressed regions in the United States. But on the flip side of that coin, it's also the birthplace of the blues and rock and roll and 
it's kind of like the cradle of American culture. So I'm here trying to bring that back. I mean, I really come to look at Yopon as this uh, thing that is a, a, a real revitalizer, you know, it just pumps new life into places where it hasn't been in a long time. So that's what I'm doing here. We're actually building uh, the world's largest Yopon maze. So there's 1,500 three-foot-tall Yopon trees here that came from Florida, and they're, they're being planted in the shape of a uh, cup that was found in a, an archaeological site called Cahokia. And, you know, a couple thousand-year-old cup that had Yopon residue inside of it. And this is a thousand miles outside of Yopon's native range. So um, we thought that was really cool. We are building a maze in the shape of a cup, and you'll be able to see it from the air when it's done. So, cool project. Very cool project. Kyle, why are you passionate about this? It sounds like your brother was into plants and history early on, and then you came on board. What gets you out of bed besides the caffeine from the Yopon? <laughs> it's just the caffeine. No, um, I'm just kidding. You know, the thing that I really found passionate is that I've always wanted to, um, for me, I've always wanted to be a part of either um, my own business, something like that. And I've always, even as a kid, I used to mow lawns for money. I had a, you know, I would detail cards. I'd always try to make my own money. So um, I also was really into like the caffeine space, the organic food space. Um, I love learning about like the nutritional effects of different plants and all of it kind of came together with Yopon. That's amazing. Is there anything else you two want people to know about Yopon tea? Yeah, I um, I think that Yopon, not just our company, which we can definitely say this about our company, Yopon Brothers, but pretty much the entire industry, this new industry is, you know, values-based, cares about the environment, cares about respecting indigenous culture. So I really feel like when people look at, you know, a box of tea, that 60 tea bags that only cost $3, there's a reason why it only costs $3. And, and one of those reasons is because a lot of the people who produce that tea in certain parts of the world live in a state of poverty that we would not accept for ourselves. And with Yopon, that's not the case because it's made here. People are paid a living wage. And when people choose to buy our products and pretty much Yopon products in general, that's what they're supporting. Uh, so I, I think it's something people can really feel good about. Well, Brian and Kyle White, congratulations to both of you. Do people think your last name is Yopon? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> yeah, so, people do. <laughs> yeah. We should almost just do it. We should almost just change it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, thank you guys. It was a treat to talk to you and you win for like fastest turnaround from me requesting an interview to actually talking to you. So that was very much. It's all the caffeine. Don't worry. (laughs) Brian and Kyle White are the co-founders of Yopon Brothers American Tea Company. You can explore much more about Yopon Tea on their website. And we've got a link for you at our website, thezestpodcast.com. I'm Delia Colon. I produce The Zest with help from Cheyenne Jaglau and Mark Hayes. Copyright 2021, WUSF Public Media.